I think what ultra human uh, solves in a very big way is to is to get more insights, which is not possible using the traditional conventional methods. Right? I think that's a huge positive. If you ask me. If you are an active Twitter user or a fitness enthusiast, you would have definitely come across Ultra Human at least once in the last few months. In their own words, Ultra Human is the world's most advanced metabolic fitness platform to help improve your diet and exercise based on glucose biomarkers. Like a lot of us, I've also been in complete awe of the Ultra Human hype train, which has an army of cyborgs who are also its biggest ambassadors, just like my friend Adi Patil, whom you heard from just a little before. There are only two other brands I can think of which brings out such fierce loyalty from its users. The OG, Apple, in the Indian ecosystem, the cred app to an extent. So in the latest episode of The Takeaway Club, I decided to break down the walls and understand what exactly Ultra Human does. And who better to ask that question to than the man himself, Mohit Kumar, founder and CEO at Ultra Human. Without further ado, let's jump straight into this super candid and insightful conversation I have with Mohit. Hey Mohit. Hey, hi. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking up the time to get on the Takeaway Club podcast. I've been hearing about Ultra Human left, center and right on Twitter. I just had to get a first-hand account of what Ultra Human is, what you're building and uh, how you got into this journey and everything. I'm glad to be here as well. Uh, I'm super excited about uh, uh, getting on the podcast and talking about what we have been building. Um, We have been heads down trying to do a lot of things uh, in the fitness space and uh, yeah, would love to tell you more about the journey. Amazing. But before we get into that, your Twitter handle intrigued me a bit. So deep purple, is there a reference to it or uh, what is the significance behind the name and why did you choose that to be your handle? It's the band deep purple, right? So between Pink Floyd and deep purple uh, is, I would say, where I spent my engineering. Uh, listening to these two bands, maybe a, a little bit of Dream Theater and Iron Maiden as well, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's a. I, I was lucky to get a, a Gmail ID uh, and also a Twitter handle closer to the band that I loved. Yeah. So, um, music, fitness, and uh, there is a little bit of MMA also uh, to your personality. So on those lines, what did you think about McGregor versus Poirier three? I'm not a very big McGregor fan myself. So uh, it's wise if I don't comment on that. I mean, I, l- I love the entertainment angle, obviously, and uh, appreciate like a lot of, lot of MMA is actually entertainment. But uh, I, I think I approach this more from a philosophy, martial arts perspective than actually like a sports. But yeah, it, it's also fun. It's, 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 it's not too, uh, I mean, just not to sound too boring. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I would certainly like to get deeper into how you see MMA as a philosophy and uh, how it uh, ties down to what you're uh, doing with Ultra Human. Because if my understanding is right, after your time at uh, Zometo, you actually took a little bit of a break to go to Thailand and uh, learn martial arts. I think that's a background or that's a story that uh, you don't hear every day. Where did that idea strike you how was your experience at thailand why was that the starting point for what you're doing with ultra human so i was always interested in martial arts uh, even before 
the Thailand uh, journey at Tiger Muay Thai. Um, I had been uh, introduced to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, which is sort of like a ground um, martial ground fighting art, and uh, also kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai style essentially. And I found it really interesting somewhere in the early, let's say, I would say maybe somewhere close to end of my engineering, I found these two arts like really interesting. The, f- the fact that intrigued me a lot is that even though when you think about martial arts, you think naturally about fighting and hence violence, it's actually the other way around. It's actually a lot about uh, the realization that you have power, the realization that you can control a situation. When you have that realization, um, you would not engage in a fight. You would rather try to uh, mitigate it. You would rather try to basically not waste your energy uh, in getting into a fight. Um, you don't see fights the same way when you actually get into martial arts. Uh, so that is a it's a counterintuitive uh, it's a counterintuitive learning, but that's what you can actually apply to a lot of things in life. Uh, it's basically like this: if there are twenty things in front of you, you don't need to engage with everything else, everything essentially, right in front of you. Um, you have to pick your battles. This is what martial art teaches you essentially, right? It's a lot about focus as well. That you can obviously do hundred things in life, but uh, pick that one battle that you want to fight. So, so I think that would be uh, that would be some excerpts from the journey. There is a lot of uh, Jocko willing flavor to what you just said, right? So, uh, I think even uh, before I had started listening to him, uh, my perspective towards MMA or pro wrestling, uh, which I love by the way, it's a lot about chaos throwing punches and everything in between, right? Um, but when you actually uh, hear from how uh, someone like him or uh, even Joe Rogan, uh, there is a sense of calm, which you wouldn't expect from the people and the background that they come from. Uh, but somehow fighting actually uh, opens that dimension to their personality, right? So I think that's, uh, you put it, really well on that front so uh, more specifically uh, what did you observe in your time there which uh, gave you clarity that there is a problem in the way that fitness enthusiasts go about evaluating their fitness journey right right so if you look at the core philosophy of martial arts and it it, it doesn't need to be every every martial arts philosophy but uh, if you look at let's say uh, jiu-jitsu or if you look at let's say jeet kundo uh, which bruce lee was famous for right and uh, zen philosophy that coincides with martial arts a lot of it is about uh, being fungible a lot of it it is about uh, thinking about uh, uh, no way as the way right basically you don't conform to a way and say that okay this is the only answer uh, you keep looking for new answers. You keep looking for uh, better answers, essentially. Um, so it's not about being defocused, but it's just about that evaluative mindset that you're always open to a new possibility, right? Uh, to a new scenario. And hence, because of this reason, martial arts is a framework. It's not really a set of moves. The way it is taught, let's say you start, if you go to a typical commercial martial arts school and start learning, they'll teach you moves, right? That, okay, this is how you punch, this is how you kick. And those are also very, very important because those are the basics of martial art. But the meta learning over the years um, is that uh, 
it's not about those moves as well uh, only only those moves right uh, it's it's also about uh, basically uh, the ability to learn something new uh, and also to forget everything that you have learned till now uh, there's a crazy uh, i mean it's a, it's it's an interesting thought process around how belt progression actually happens in martial arts right so you know a black belt is a it's a is a is a person uh, who's essentially uh, whose belt has actually gotten uh traditionally it's called the belt has gotten dirty because of years and years of usage and then it starts wearing off and then the person becomes a white belt so a black belt eventually becomes a white belt because um the person eventually has to ch- start with a child like curiosity again right that's a cycle of learning in life so 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 this is this is one of the meta learnings and um when you apply this to the world of fitness and there are no direct applicables right sometimes these are just accidents as well uh we found that like in fitness there are so many set ways in which you can get fit right uh, there are so many diets so many uh, exercise protocols there are so many uh, different types of coaches athletes talking about their own way being the only way in which people should get fit or being feeling very very passionately about it um we felt that uh, it's a little confusing because as an individual when you set out to get fit um you are bombarded with options like some people do keto diet some people do let's say paleo some people essentially go out and do a low carb diet um but it's also in- important to understand like what does it really mean to do ketosis right over a period of time uh, can you actually do it for 5 years can you not i mean it's not just what 5 months right your health is for the next 50 years next 30 years whatever uh, the way you look at it is actually right um so how do you actually instead of creating a set of solutions a set of answers like a specific diet or specific exercise protocol can you create a framework right a framework that can give people a direction give people directional set of answers that whether you're improving or not and if people know that they're either improving or not they can make informed choices because a lot of what people do in fitness is it has to actually be very very personal because their physiology is personal right their physiology physiology is very very different so what works for me if strength training works for me does not mean um it will work in the same form factor as you so that's why we created a measurement framework which is basically our biomarker based uh fitness platform which is ultra human and that's hence the approach uh, some of the learnings are from martial art but some of the learnings are also accidents i think this is amazing uh so actually as part of my research i wanted to uh, learn as much about what it is like uh, using ultra human uh, so obviously i signed up for your uh, fitness platform uh, and i also wanted to understand another important component the one that is actually uh, you know creating all the hype in twitter your cyber right uh, so i'm uh, one of my friends on twitter um, they were kind enough to uh, send me a voice note on their experience uh, using uh, the cyborg device so i'm just going to play that i think that will be a nice segue to you explaining what a human is and uh, how do you see it's useful for an average person right i think what ultra human uh, solves in a very big way is to is to get more insights which is not possible using the traditional conventional methods right and that's a huge positive if you ask me um so i've been using this for almost a week now uh, put this um uh, uh, put a sensor on me uh, a week back and it's been uh, helpful to say the least 
because the kind of uh, numbers that I get to know, and especially um, the kind of how my body reacts to different food types, um, I think I knew that I was uh, the South Indian vegetarian food is more heavy on carbs. I think in principle I was aware of that, but then by looking at the numbers. Um, numbers that the app was throwing throwing at me, I think it just made it uh, more realistic and more tangible, and and because of that, now I'm able to actually consciously decide whether I want to alter my diet or just stick to just simple carbs all the time, right? I think this is very important if you ask me just to know how your body reacts to different food types, and again, nobody, um, I mean. Your body is unique, right? I mean, you can react to uh, to, to a food in a very different way from from compared to someone somebody else. Um, so I think in that way, it's very insightful. It's been more than a week since I've been using it, and um, it's very it's very interesting how 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 I'm able to look at numbers and then also alter uh, my my diet. Definitely gave me a good perspective into what ultra human does. If you can pick off from that, that will be very helpful. Absolutely. So. the way we think about the platform is that there are aspects of a mirror um not not the fitness company mirror but an actual mirror and uh, the aspects of a compass essentially so mirror is sort of like a representation of your own body right so when you can see your body in a much better way not visually but actually inside your body in some ways that how your body actually performs you will be able to make informed decisions that now that you can you can see what's happening inside the body you will know what's actually good for you and what's actually not so good for you it's not like what's not good for you is not uh, is something that you can't do right you can still do it but with a little bit of optimization so that's what the mirror phys- philosophy of the platform essentially is to show you how your body reacts to everything around you you know why this is important is because um think of it like this um most of the if you think about fitness activities what do you naturally think of you think of going to the gym you think of uh, eating healthy yeah but mostly going to the gym right or running or these are well marketed as a fitness activity but you know what really affects your health overall or fitness overall is how you sleep how you handle stress how you eat when you eat right all these aspects if you're not doing all those aspects and just focusing on that one hour of the day yes you will still get some results but you can actually get more results when you actually uh, do it in combination right so the mirror is supposed to actually educate an individual um in terms of how their body actually performs because their body is actually quite unique because we are a, i mean we are a complex genotype right we uh, interact with environment differently our gut microbiome is different the way i metabolize carbs is very different from you within carbs as well the way i metabolize uh, rice is different from the way you would metabolize the way i metabolize fermented foods is very different from you right and all depends on what how we have grown up eating our foods what our microbiome is uh, how much stress do we have in our lives all these things actually matter right so that's the first part of the platform telling you how you react to your environment and environment is the keyword to note here right it's, we are not optimal optimizing or tell, asking people to do just that one hour of the day we are asking people to optimize their lifestyle that's our approach towards fitness um the the other aspect which is compass um stands for direction so we have to also tell people or you should always have a way 
to move in the right direction. So how do you move in the right direction? If you have data, you can pinpoint, this is exactly what I need to fix. And uh, fixing this aligns with my goal. Uh, an example is uh, if you realize that living longer is a goal, um, you can look at oxidative stress on the ultra human platform. Oxidative stress, which is depicted by glucose variability, is a marker of uh, longevity. It's a reverse marker of longevity. So if you want to live longer in a healthy way, this is one of the things that you can actually optimize and see results over a longer period of time. So when you have the visibility of where you are right now, you automatically create a goal that, oh, to live longer, I need to optimize this metric. So the, the compass function helps you do that, which is essentially, we, we give you nudges, we give you reports, we give you directional insights. Uh, there are performance coaches on the platform who actually also tell you like how you can improve. Um, in combination, the mirror and the compass system is what we're sort of like building. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, very true, right? Uh, before the research for this conversation, if you had asked me what fitness means to you, my answers would have been just running or lifting weights, right? That there is a significant portion which happens internally, right? Which pertains to how I go about eating or sleeping. Obviously, on some level, uh, we all know sleep is important and diet is important, but I think that kind of gets shut down in the conversations when you talk about fitness right so i think it's amazing that what ultra human is doing to actually educate people about space right um, so yeah. which brings me to this i feel like there is a two-part challenge to it as a founder for you one is the first persona 45 and above uh, they're very much interested in the health component but not necessarily keen on adopting tech or novel solutions, right? On the other end of the spectrum, people like me who are very thrilled about technology and innovative solutions, but not necessarily into uh, fitness, right? Where fitness is not an immediate priority, but that intersection is exactly your sweet spot, right? So what is your approach in terms of building out the product and the narrative in a nuanced manner um, to explain it to uh, all kinds of personas? You know, it's, an, it's a super interesting question because uh, a similar or a parallel to what we see, uh, what we are building essentially is the personal computing industry. So in the 1980s, when you owned a personal computer, uh, who would own a personal computer? People who are computer scientists trying to compute and do uh, mathematical calculations of enormous kind essentially, or uh, uh, you're somebody who's a tech geek enthusiast, right? Nowhere in between, it was not thought of, a, it was sort of like never thought of as an appliance that, uh, oh, regular households would actually have a computer, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's mentioned many times over that it was called a fad by multiple publications by multiple types of private equity groups, uh, venture capital firms, whatever essentially, right? That, the era of computing is justified because uh, apart from computer scientists, who, who gives a shit, right? I mean, uh, about owning a laptop or own, forget owning a laptop, owning a computer, right? Obviously, uh, owning a large computer itself, right? But um, think of it like this. Uh, if it really delivers value for people, right? And uh, uh, it, it is not a, a temporary solution that passes by and gets replaced by something else, it then becomes a platform. A personal computer is a platform, 
it's a portal to thousands of things that you can do right 20 years out people discovered that right people who discovered it early uh, obviously did really well in life people didn't discover it early uh, are discovering right discovering it right now are still doing well they are discovering it right now they are amazed by it right but sooner or later like now everybody has a personal computer in their hand or on their wrist or with us inside their body now right so um so i think uh, that's the lens that we take if we think of it like a 20 year spectrum business essentially um there is absolutely no doubt in our mind that if it delivers real value to people tells people the right uh, gives people the right way to measure themselves make informed decisions right it'll soon move from a cool toy to something that is a platform right and we also see it like a platform because uh, for us glucose uh, monitoring is a core part of the platform it's a glucose is a primary fuel uh, the way we look at it and because the fuel tells you so much about your body uh, we are sort of like going deep into it but we are also uh, as we go along and build more and more stuff on the platform we also are looking at we are also looking at adding more biomarkers that tell us more about your body right um, about the state of your Uh, nervous system or the state of your uh, mind or basically uh, the state of your recovery or your heart performance all of those things are things that we want to include in the platform as we go along so that's like the way we are looking at it and uh, it would take it will take some education it will also take some reading from, from or so let's say from investment from people's end to actually know more about their body it's not straightforward and simple it's not consumerized yet it's not like you just apply it on your body and it will start working like a magic pill uh, people have to really uh, sort of like um, go above and beyond and read and understand how what each of these metrics mean how can i optimize it but the the outcome is a is a is a life where you are devoid of di- diseases and also you can perform better so is this really worth it absolutely right so so th- that's that's where we are but obviously as we as the education increases will will obviously consumerize it further and further so that there are more people who see it as a appliance and not just a cool toy yeah i i love that analogy absolutely so uh, i can uh, as you were saying that i can draw a lot of parallels to it uh, maybe a more uh, modern day reference would be something like a bitcoin or an ethereum right uh, but then again <laughs> there is a lot of uncertainty around um, how that space itself is uh, panning out so i think uh, personal computing is a beautiful analogy at this point um so uh, again something uh, tied to that is um, how you go about building this platform out right so what is your mindset like because uh, something like uh, say glucose monitoring or metabolic levels or biomarkers so these are not terms that we are used to um hearing growing up right a very sig- simple example is something like zomato so while the technology might be new but uh, everything else about it is something we have been doing for ages but for a platform like ultra human so there is a lot of learning for you uh, personally as well as the team when it comes to understanding the healthcare space itself uh, before building it out right how do you approach um building out the team or building out the product well learning is a huge part of what we do um and uh, a lot of it requires us to go deep into either uh, 
let's say understanding the cellular systems or physiology and uh, basically they all the modern research around uh, how the human body actually works um there is the medical aspect of physiology which is how uh, diagnosis would work or how it works in the real world for chronic diseases essentially and then there is a theoretical aspect of it which is how human performance would actually work like how does homeostasis work in the human body well, basically your essentially your balance mechanism right your human body homeostasis so um so there is a lot of uh, let's say learning that is actually required to build the platform because it's it's not a even though the outcome has to be very very simple and intuitive um you you can only build a simple outcome when you understand the complexity behind the system right because then you know what not to build otherwise you build like if you look at healthcare uh, the classic problem is that uh, most of the interfaces are actually quite complex you can look at a healthcare interface and say okay oh, this is a healthcare business this is a healthcare product just uh, type healthcare in google and you will see doctors with stethoscopes and the, that shitty ui with all those multiple types of drop downs and forms so why does that happen because um when people do have a lot of information right but they are not they and 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 uh, uh, they do have a lot of complexity that they understand they do understand a lot of complexity themselves but they don't know how to express it in a simple way this is our value addition to the space that uh, we are coming from a we, we come from a computer science background which gives us the right to succeed in any domain that's possible computer scientists are building the new money which is cryptocurrency computer scientists are building uh, the new way to travel interplanet right or uh, so computer scientists will probably build uh, uh, will probably build healthcare as well but in collaboration with the existing medical ecosystem um doctors researchers etc right um our value addition is the consumer interface which is basically how can we understand the complexity of the medical space healthcare space simplify it consumerize it create to people essentially right and uh, it's it's sometimes uh, there are pros and cons of not being from the space the cons are that obviously it requires a lot and lot of effort of not just from reading perspective uh, Uh, talking to thousands of people and going deep into research yourself, but also uh, to keep the passion up almost always, uh, because you are a proponent of of this space and uh, you want to like you want to extend the space. You just don't want to believe in what's there right now. You want to believe in the future, right? So that is a big challenge. But uh, the advantage is that uh, we 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 don't see it as a problem that is unsolvable, or we don't see it as a complex problem. We can see it as a first principles. uh we can see the solution from a first principles perspective right and with the, if you have a collaborative approach with the existing ecosystem doctors medical practitioners everybody i think we can create something amazing and wonderful right so that's the mindset that we take right so in a lot of ways it is about applying a feynman principle right so everybody in the team uh, whatever you set out to do you should understand it in a way that you can explain it to even a child right so in the most simple of terms and then uh, use that knowledge to actually build out something 
both simple and intuitive right right and i think yeah. uh, having just uh, played around with the platform uh, you guys have done a remarkable job of uh, doing that so when i opened the application so there was no stethoscopes or there was nothing complex the entire interface was uh, just beautiful to use kudos to you and the entire team on that front kudos to our uh, head of design um, and we are a small team so that also helps us a fair bit um and uh, that gives everyone a lot of autonomy to do what they want uh, in a way that everybody likes so yeah so i think interesting you brought up the team right when i was uh, looking at linkedin you folks are obviously at a stage where you are scaling rapidly and uh, some of the roles like a creative producer was one that caught my eye and uh, there were a couple of other roles as well which you don't typically see in a startup how do you go about making uh, new hires which aspects of team building are you doubling down on at the moment and uh, which one are you taking it slow so the second one first uh, we we think of our team as a sports team and not a corporate team naturally let's say it's a soccer team uh, naturally there are center forwards uh, there be few couple of strikers maybe uh, there are people doing midfielding and then there are a few people who are defending right and nobody is yes strikers do get a lot of limelight uh, but uh, nobody is inferior or superior to each other right and uh, depending on the situation one has to defend and strike and midfield sometimes right and uh, there are also specializations but there are also there's also fungibility so that's how we think of our team and i think it's not just us but in the next 5 years 10 years every organization has to think like that because uh, people now know that we are in the era of as naval also calls it the era of leverage right infinite leverage um, and uh, uh, what does infinite leverage mean for an individual it means that uh, a software engineer has an equal capability to create a 100 billion dollar company to somebody who comes from business school or somebody who comes from a law school or any other background right so um so everybody is equally capable but if they come together and sort of like focus uh, get focused in specific areas of the business and can really work together in harmony that creates uh, absolute let's say results for for an organization right and that is a powerful feeling to understand because then the concept of hierarchy becomes more nuanced it becomes about decision making it doesn't really become about ego right um so that's how we think about the team um it's an evolving problem statement it's it's not like it's solved for us or it's solved for other organizations it's something that you have to solve every minute of the day uh while you every conversation you have strengthens your culture or weakens it every uh, every person you hire um strengthens your culture or weakens it the every person you don't hire also strengthens or weakens your culture right the way you treat them right so all of those things and uh, and i'm admitting that it's not like we are perfect but uh, on on those fronts but the aspiration and the desire is to obviously like perfect all of those ends as well uh, people who don't work with you today or whom we could not uh, sort of like get on the company to work with us sometimes would actually play a super important role in the journey as well so that's we feel that that those are some of the things that will be like super important for us as we build along the team we 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 don't really look at we don't start from org chart when we start hiring like basically uh, we don't create an org chart and say that oh these are the five roles that we need to fill uh, we start solving a problem and then realize that this is a specialty that we need and is the specialty something that we can gather from our own team if not then we go out and hire 
truly uh, we, we really believe in lean teams uh, ourselves and it's not just about low cost it is about low cost as well but it is also about running faster it's way more efficient 100% but it's also a very hard thing to to keep in mind uh, as you scale right that that's so fascinating so you don't really uh, hear that a lot right so usually it's about uh, putting together a job description and filling out a role and then once somebody comes in you see okay what are all the five problems that uh, we can tackle now that this person is on board yeah just adding to that most people leave because of uh, absence of good work and not because of excess of work um in any organization so the work is not the problem the quality of work or the lack of it in most cases is the problem so uh, i think lean teams actually solve that a fair bit so just uh, zooming out a little here between cyber and uh, your fitness platform it's like you have a range of horizontal offering within a vertical industry like healthcare how does it all tie together for an average user so how do you look at uh, that is the first part of my question and the second part is as a founder as someone running a business so how do you look at the market opportunity because it looks like we can relate ultra human to service like cult fit on some levels and uh, on a different spectrum something like levels health is also similar to what you do so uh, uh, over the time over the last maybe 15 months our approach has gotten defined to uh, making health and fitness basically the same we see it in a spectrum uh, way more personalized than what it is right now uh, and our personalization uh, leverage is actually biomarker so or a biomarker based approach whether it's glucose today or few more biomarkers in the future it is sort of like the core center of the platform and that is where uh, that is the strategy where we are going deep into reason for that is that we have been able to display much higher results for people measurable results first of all and also create sort of like a uh, you can say highly engaged usage behavior and fitness or in health usage is really key because if you if you have an answer but you don't implement it on your body it's not going to actually magically change you right essentially so we feel that the the biomarker approach is where we we are heads down going deep into um and uh, that does make us closer to what levels health also does um here's a nuance of difference here's a small nuance of how we are different essentially a uh, different essentially so uh, levels health focuses more on food and your food's reaction on your body um you can do that on ultra human too but uh, we our fo- core focus is actually longevity so longevity includes food uh, stress sleep all of those factors and we bake all of these into uh, the aspects of metabolic health um so we we interface more with environment um environmental factors like your sleep stress um and food etc and levels health is trying to go deep into food which is also great so we are we are big fans of what levels is doing uh, we are also big fans of what super sapiens is doing with with cgms which is uh, helping people fuel themselves athletes fuel themselves wet better right so we learn some from these people these brands these companies uh, we innovate some on our own we research some of these metrics on our own we add some of our own things as well essentially so because there are very few companies right now that are actually building on biomarkers right now so all of us are like really early and most of us actually uh, the team members also know each other speak to each other 
look at the same research after all right so what we are trying to do is to solve for a billion people right one company can't really solve for a billion people at this stage it'll require uh, like concentrated effort from like a bunch of companies to actually come together and solve this together so that's how we look at it for better or worse there is at least some degree of zero sum attitude to that we are all building something and we all want to acquire the same customer but uh, your approach is totally contrarian whatever you just said or uh, when i was uh, listening to a couple of your other conversations you keep reiterating on the fact that we are in this together right i get the feeling that you genuinely believe that this is all for the greater good right and uh, it doesn't matter which aspects i am solving for what someone else is doing is there some way we can work together also so it's all about benefiting the end user so think of it like this that uh, if you solve a problem early there are some advantages to it if you solve a problem late because you learned from somebody else there are also advantages to that right because you spent lesser energy to solve the problem so these are two things two sides of the same coin in some ways so how you balance between these two sometimes you solve them early sometimes you learn from somebody else and solve it it's the same thing um our industry um is or if you look at healthcare healthcare is extremely cut or any industry right now right you're trying to find for, uh, or fight for the same market share you can look at it from a cutthroat perspective that okay only i will win right i will win because why because i i don't either i don't want other people to win and hence i'll be the last person uh, remaining or the other way is that uh, um i will win because i have been able to keep an open mind and i can learn faster because of that right um so we we feel that uh, if 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 we are, if we have an open mind uh, it's not just it doesn't really uh, remain at or stay at winning it it then becomes about longevity that you can always survive you will always have those micro wins will always be relevant when you keep learning right so that's the mindset that you want to take that uh, from winning and losing which is just binary you want to take it to more meta which is essentially that how do we actually survive right if you if you survive long enough you're already winning there's a famous saying in by, by the way i keep pulling back to uh, the martial arts analogies that if a strong man and a weak man uh, basically get into a fight right and nobody wins who wins because the strong person is supposed to win right right yeah and if nobody wins then it's a win for the weak person right so that makes sense <laughs> survival is eternal victory right uh, if you can survive for a long long time you will win right right you will eventually win because the company that is trying to win is also will have to survive to actually get the benefits of victory right so if you can survive then you are already there so the way to look at survival is to not kill others the way to look at survival probably is to figure out a way to uh, learn faster yeah i think that's that's such a beautiful note to uh, wrap up the first half of our conversation right and i totally love the mma references right so actually if you go back to my twitter or some of my old podcasts um, even the one that i did last week uh, with vedika so in the course of a 60 minute conversation i kept throwing up some four or five analogies um, 
to what she did just like how you are doing with uh, what you do with ultra human right so personally like i'm a big fan of that and uh, it also uh, helps me understand she as a absolute amateur um, understand how you think about the space and what you are building and it's certainly helpful to say the least <laughs> right um so i want to switch gears at this point and uh, introduce you to something called the random deck um, which is basically a bunch of unrelated uh, shorter questions right so we are going to forget that you're an ultra human or you're a founder and uh, tap into your personality in general so here goes the first one what is an absolute non negotiable for you in life um working with painful people work should be an enjoyable experience um and i know it's different for different people but uh, people who are interesting they challenge you they push you but they are enjoyable people they're not painful people so that is the only uh, filter that we take like the rajesh filter in hiring is that don't be like uh, never hire painful people or never work with painful people like essentially and it's a self correction mechanism for painful people to understand that they will eventually not get hired next one what is your favorite word in english okay it's actually in uh, in english it's leverage but uh, uh, i actually don't have a favorite word in english it's actually in uh, spanish it's called alabanca which also means leverage essentially that's nice new learning for me okay next one um, i think it makes this is going to make a lot of sense for you then me asking to anyone else so what is a good habit that you are trying to work into your life and a bad habit that you are trying to get rid of both are the same set of things uh, i'm trying to sleep at the same time every day uh, which i have been trying for almost 3 months now and i've made some progress but i would love to make more progress it's one thing i've realized that has the most impact on my health and my uh, mental state yeah if i can follow up on that what is your insight i am guessing using ultra human to um track your metabolic levels during your sleep times predictability in sleep uh, the, the biology of that is really interesting uh predictability in sleep timings essentially is the most lowest effort it's not about sleeping early or sleeping late it's about sleeping at the same time on and on every day right so your body's circadian rhythm gets set Uh, your biological clocks work like basically your, your the 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 uh, the circadian rhythm drives a lot of hormonal function in your body and the way your body performs um and it has a cascading effect into everything that you do so if you don't do it right you have to work 30% harder for everything you have to work out 30% harder uh basically uh, improve your mental health by 30% more much of these things right and i figured that uh, finding uh, we are all hyper stimulated we know how to get stimulated right because our culture is about stimulation which is how do you stay focused how do you read more how do you perform more it's not about relaxation essentially you nobody teaches you relaxation right um, so personally finding that one time of the day where no holds barred i will sleep at that point in time i'll wind down at that point in time that is what i've been trying to optimize for um is is what i will say both the good thing i want to do and also getting rid of sleeping at abnormal times so absurd times basically right so next one what is a book that you have gifted the most to people hmm this is an interesting one um so microbe hunters is a book 
uh, that I often uh, recommend to a lot of people getting started with uh, who who actually are getting started with uh, uh, general science in their life, like who are trying to who basically love science and who want to go back to scientific thinking. Um, it's a super interesting book. You can also like, give it a shot. Um, Microbe Hunters is about scientific curiosity. So it talks about like how different accidents in or different unrelated accidents in history uh, led to uh, discoveries around microbes and what and what actually led to like microbial research that's there today is actually a bunch of accidents that nobody thought about. Like for example, beer fermentation led to let's say a bunch of medications figured getting figured out eventually, right? So um, it it talks about something really special, which is that uh, most of the invention in history. Uh, the stacking ones um, and uh, the, the most of the let's say non-intuitive ones were not just done inside a lab with modern machinery and basically with tons of scientists working on a problem but was done on the basis of observation simple observation which talks about that there is so much power to simple observation there's so much power in simple observation essentially right that the scientists at a remote corner of the world somebody who's essentially building a lens, Liu and Hook uh, discovered a way to actually see microbes in a much better way by building one of the earliest microscopes. And uh, that led to a cascading effect of all the discoveries eventually. So um, so it, it, it actually talks about scientific leverage in many ways or that mindset of curiosity. Uh, so now having been on the podcast and you know what to expect. So who's someone in your network you think should get on the takeaway club podcast uh okay uh, in the it could be any circle uh, entrepreneur circle or um, could be say, anything fitness yeah fitness Fitnership. go for it i think we should definitely get more uh, scientists or uh, let's say people who are uh, into health research that will be my preference personal preference to to get on the podcast uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening there like folks like either i mean ben greenfield has his own podcast uh, but comparably in india uh, there's this person called uh, shiva subramaniam so he essentially does a lot of biohacking and is one of the leaders in biohacking in india uh, so that could be one of the most unknown persons in in, in internet around but one of the, probably one of the most interesting guys all around as well uh, and uh, and yeah, um, those are the ones I would say uh, probably worth speaking to. Who has been the biggest inspiration for you that you have never really admitted to? This is again a super complicated one uh, because I try to not get inspired by one person or one philosophy uh, because all of us are flawed in many ways. Uh, but uh, the perseverance of Marie Curie is amazing. Uh, uh, the the curiosity of Nikola Tesla, the absent-mindedness of Lewin Hook, uh, and no no shit given attitude basically. So all those things uh, I'm trying to learn from, and obviously uh, you learn from everybody around you, right? Uh, your friends, your competitors, your investors, right? So the realization is that if you're having an uncomfortable conversation, you're also learning. What are you optimistic for the next five years to come? One, as a founder of Ultra Human. Two, as a human being. As a founder of Ultra Human, uh, I'm definitely optimistic for um, real time ways or methods of measuring 
the human body right if you measure it in real time you can change the behavior right uh, potentially in a non invasive way because invasive ways have lesser adoption essentially so if we can uh, make measurement of the minutest metrics around let's say blood work or neurology or any of these things very very non invasive convert it to a variable form factor plot it on a graph show people how how the way you live your life affects your biology essentially right people would make active changes in their life so personally that is one thing that i feel that will happen in the next 10 years for sure and uh, one thing that i'm highly certain about outside uh, obviously the the health ecosystem i mean the most obvious one is cryptocurrency uh, because i feel that it's a great level leveler essentially so um, eventually if the value is in proof of work done then uh, uh, work will determine uh, how much power or capital or control you have on the world instead of basically your ancestral wealth or whatever essentially right so uh, it becomes way more meritocratic in some ways maybe that's one of the lamest ways to say it but uh, uh, maybe uh, yeah that's how i understand it today uh, that uh, the power in the next 15 20 years the world will be a very different place because of the cryptocurrency adoption or the technology adoption around cryptocurrency uh, the leveling effect that it will have in on countries on geographies on governments on um, basically uh, companies everybody right so we will become internet 2.0 and uh, cryptocurrency will be internet 5.0 or 6.0 if we don't grow and uh, adapt to the new changes what is an advice that you would have given your 17 year old self if you could go back and do that the advice would be to do more things essentially uh, uh, i would say like explore experience more things that's always it's a it's a generic advice uh, and uh, i realized that uh, doing new things has never uh, given a bad outcome there's always some learning there in like something that's already out there and it's also got to do a little bit with uh, let's say uh, the mindset of martial arts of exploring new and new things almost always new methods new ways no dogmas uh, always sort of like being little more progressive around what you do essentially right so i would say do more things i think that is uh, yeah. probably uh, a nice way to end our conversation um thank you thank you mohit for uh, taking the time to do this i had an absolute blast um uh, and uh, the way you look at things so beyond just a founder so your uh, mma experience in a way or uh, your philosophy to building i absolutely uh, love it uh, it's quite inspiring to be honest right so throughout the conversation i kept one person that i could think of is uh, dave skiller bread right how the entire company is uh, built on a philosophy right they go more than just the product so i think that is the way that i see ultra human yeah philosophy is the simplest thing to learn uh, and talk about is the most complex thing to scale yeah so it, it's 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 fun talking philosophy uh, <laughs> because you can walk into a conversation and talk philosophy almost for anything and everything right it, philosophy is actually zero sum in many ways you can always have a, a counter logic to it uh so so it's fun yeah